The Uncertain Chapter 5 Love How long I was asleep, I'm not quite sure, but I woke up feeling both rested and somehow rejuvenated. It was no longer raining, but the window was still wet from when it had been. I guess it's been a few hours, at least I'd imagine so. I stood and stretched and while doing so let out a yawn, always a sign of restful sleep. A quick walk to the window as I continued to stretch to gauge what time it might be now. It's dark out, but there's light beginning to come through in the distance. It might be around early morning. I stood near the couch before beginning to clean up the bits of ash from the fire and then my stomach began to grumble. I'd been so focused on calming myself down and putting my mind at ease that I'd not thought to look for anything to eat. I know I didn't have anything on me, well, unless I counted a quarter loaf of bread as a meal. No, not today. I feel I'll need much more than that. I just hope there's something for me to eat here. Although this place has provided a few surprises so far, I don't see why it wouldn't deliver with something to eat as well. Hope. I gave a slight smile with this simple word for a thought because, for the first time since I could remember, I said it in a sentence without feeling any sense of regret afterwards. Hmm. Interesting. I made my way toward the kitchen, passing the table where the book lay right in the middle of the top of my jacket. Even though I noticed it, it didn't seem to bother me as much as it had the night before. It could have been that I was too hungry to notice, or that I just had more patience in regards to its presence, or maybe both. Either way, it was a good feeling. Not to let something affect my mood in a negative way. I don't remember the last time I wasn't thinking about my mood or need or wanting to change it out of fear. Come to think of it, I don't remember the last time I just felt relaxed, rested, and aware, or level-headed. Well... Maybe I'm not completely leveled out, but at least I'm getting there. I knew my best chances of finding anything to eat would come from the cabinets or the refrigerator. I walked to the refrigerator and realized, as I did, that it was standing right next to a plug in the wall. I looked at the back of it and saw that the cord had been pulled out of it. So much for that. Now, the question is, will the cabinets be willing to help me out, or will they instead shun my needs because I did so to them when I first came in? I wouldn't blame them, really. It'd be nice, though, if they were not the type of things to hold a grudge. I looked in each one. One, nothing. Two, a small spoon and a can opener. Three, nothing. Four, there was some canned food. Three cans, some kind of vegetable mix, a fruit cocktail, and beans. No labels on either of them. Instead, each one's contents were written on the top in black marker. It wasn't an odd thing to not see labeled for canned foods. There hadn't been a canned food company around in many years. As grateful as I was to have something to eat, I couldn't help but look at the can of beans and feel a bit let down. Of course, if anything, there'd be beans here. I'm too hungry to be picky, though. When I was younger, the people I lived with had beans with everything, even with their sweets. They're always beans. I was happy to have something to eat, but as soon as I grew up and was given the chance to venture out on my own, I promised myself I'd never eat beans again. So, of course, here they were. In any other time, at any point in my life, 
I'd have been miserable having them near me, but in this moment, I was grateful. Life has found another way to bring something from the past full circle. I'm surprised about this. I guess I shouldn't be at this point. Often, we, I, have or will want something and expect it to be, as I imagine, only to be most of the time handed the reality of not knowing that needs overshadow want. I may want to have something, but I'll most likely need something else. I wanted food and was instead given compact meal sides, one of which mocks my taste palette's past with its unveiling. I at one point wanted to find only my purpose, and was instead granted numerous defining moments in my life. It is, after all, human nature to want something we don't know but think we do, to ask others for something we only need for ourselves. We hear something and think it has to be true, a small part of it in most cases, but even that small truth gives us reason to somehow validate a lie. Then another small lie is blended in with truth, and then another, and then another. Then, before we could do anything about it, lies began to extinguish the truths we took for granted, the truths I took for granted. The truth has always been a natural occurrence, the resource that flourished when no one could know it existed. Over time, though, it became burdened and buried beneath minuscule lies, such tiny lies that none thought to pay too much attention to. Then, they grew, and grew, and slowly took over, like a virus. A virus not only handed down from generation to generation, but one that grew in capacity with each new dawning. The truth began to be the thing we hated, the thing we feared, just because we lost sight of the right matter and wrong matters. As I looked down at the three cans of food, as I stared at the bean can, I couldn't help but think, how great it is to see you. Now, despite my spite towards you for just being as you are, you are willing to nourish me. It may not be delicious or a feast of feasts, but I've somehow found my way back to you. Otter still is the fact that now I feel more at home just having you right in front of me. I guess without you... I never would have left in the first place. Maybe I should thank you for all you've allowed me to know and understand without you in my life. I know much more about who I am now because of where I've been and gone, and I love how it's worked out that here you are once more, as if I'd never been without a home. Silence was all around me. Early morning silence, the kind that seems to only allow movement with each breath taken by the select few who chose to view what's happening. The silence that seems loudest because sincere sounds are accomplished and unpolluted by the negation of the morning's arrival. I sat the cans on the table, put my jacket on the couch, and placed the book right next to it. I still couldn't help but feel there was a connection between the book and myself. I went back to the second cabinet for the small spoon and can opener. A quick spick shine on the spoon with help of my shirt to wipe it off, opened the cans and took out my piece of bread. One small bite of each first, to be sure they were still good. Didn't taste too bad, I thought. I had to remind myself to pace the meal despite how hungry I felt. I sat back in the chair after eating the vegetables and half the can of fruit. Love, I said. I said it again, but in a whisper love. 
an illusion to some, a fable to others, but still, anyone and everyone have and had heard about it. So, what happened? Where does it begin? Where did it begin? Can it ever truly end? Was love something that had been here since the beginning, or did it evolve as life evolved into a force that still goes on unexplained? Is it a simple connection, or is it a series of connections formulated over time to give the illusion of a simple connection? Do we desire it because it's unknown, or does it remain to be labeled as unknown because we think it's something we have to understand in order to obtain? Maybe all we're supposed to do with love is accept it, appreciate it, allow it to be part of our lives, allow it to live in who we are and what we do. Maybe that's where it began, with us, from our beginning. Maybe love was our first triumph as human beings, our only widely known triumph as human beings. Maybe all we have and will ever try to do is get back to that same feeling of victory, the very first feeling of accomplishment, with things we think stand at the same level as love. Subconsciously knowing there is no such thing that can match the truth and strength of love, but consciously trying to overthrow our better judgment. On the opposite end of it, what if love was our only great achievement? What if we've been trying to best our own greatness in the opposite direction of our origin point, creating a class of better and best because we've forgotten how to stand together in pursuit of becoming better in numerous individual markets, we've allowed our true potential to fall behind. It lingers in our past, waiting for us to realize we left it behind and make our way back to retrieve it. If we created love, then why have we allowed ourselves to fail at keeping it going? I finished half the beans and set the rest aside. I took a bite of bread as I reached for the vegetable mix. Nourishment, I said. Love is meant to nourish us. It's nourishment for the weaker parts of who we are and who we're afraid to be. Can that be true? Could the result of our denial of love's illuminance be caused by the lack of soulful nutrition? Have we grown to strive more towards power in hopes of boosting our pride that we've made love out to be the loser's reward? Love is meant to lift the fallen and humble those who feel they're at their peaks. Love sees no color nor sense of wealth. In the presence of love, everything matters. The sun began to show through the window slightly more. It was gaining warmth and height, as was I. Love grants wisdom when ignorance seems to be all that's left. It shows courage when fear and doubt have grown out of control, and it brings peace when only small pieces of positivity remain. Yet, to acknowledge love is to admit weakness. To indulge love is to cater to the inferior parts of society because only the ignorant can love. At least, that's what we were told. Told no from the beginning and then over and over again through a series of small lies exchanged in stories and tales, all inciting love as the wrong thing to desire. Much of them were derived from history, our history, our greatest fault 
to count her our greatest achievement. This very way of thinking has brought us all to this point. I looked down at the other half of beans in the can and saw them as the other half of my own misguided history. As much of a pain as you are to eat all at once, I can't believe how much you've taught me in the short time we've been reunited. You're a part of my dissatisfaction, you're a piece of things I've tried long to forget, yet I can't deny the fact that you are a piece of me, a small portion of who I am and who I've become. An odd side dish you are, beans, yet you can be put together with so many different meals from numerous places around the world. In each place you hold a certain value. Some places value you more than others, and most places have at one point or another taken you for granted. Nevertheless, they are part of the entire world's history. Perhaps it was a bit of beans that induced the first outward expression of love, when a family sat and ate from a pile of beans on a rainy night in a cave. All they had were beans, but those beans brought them together and somehow without speaking a word, they knew what love was. They may not have known quite what it could be, but they knew it was something special. For all of them to be together, when elements in a changing world around them could have torn them apart. Here I am. Someone who once complained about getting too many beans on my plate, eating an entire can to myself because I've begun to understand what that one family figured out in the night. Love doesn't care what we have, love is meant to show us what's real. Is it ironic or poetic that if that were to be how it happened, I'd be eating the same meal as that family as I relearned the most basic of truths? To be able to connect to a past so far beyond mind, even if it were not true, the fact of knowing how far back the beginning was is astonishing in itself. To establish a connection in any way is to accept a deeper part of who a person really is and can be. I suppose it makes sense that love would have begun with a sense of fulfilling a basic need. For a people of any origin to gather around a meal and know in just a few short moments why it is they are who they are and doing what they are doing. I scooped the last bit of beans onto a corner piece of bread, and with that, they were gone. All I had left to enjoy was the rest of my fruit cocktail. I'd always been a fan of fruit and opening up the can. I knew this part of the meal would be very short-lived. I sat back in the chair and just observed. Watched as the sun began to kiss the top of a different building with every inch it rose. Every so often it would lightly touch the tops of piles of rubble. I'd been awoken by many a sunrise, but always against my will, and there I sat peering out at one, feeling as though I'd made the sun hasten its routine in order to keep up with my accidental timely manner. Good day, sir. I see I beat you to the morning. I ate the rest of my fruit surprisingly slow, slurping one to two pieces of fruit at a time as I watched to see what else might be uncovered as the sun continued its climb towards its post in the sky.